0: What has this bitch done... From a very chilly and snowy, well, even though it looks like the snow has stopped, in Calgary, Alberta, we welcome you to episode number 458 of Unscripted. Saturday, February the 8th, I believe. I could be right, might be wrong, who knows. Um, I have this job thing to go to, and it really screws up my schedule. I, I miss i miss finding out about who got knocked up on Maury Povich. I forget, uh, and I, 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 uh, I'm missing my trailer trash friends on Jerry Springer. But uh, I guess this is a better thing. Um, A lot of things to talk about. I want to concentrate a lot on this 458th episode. Now that the 100th, or if you're the math majors of the Green Bay Packers, the 101st or 102nd, pick one. I don't care which one. Pick whichever one you want. But uh, now that, for dexterity reasons, we'll say the 100th season of the NFL is behind us. What is the most memorable thing? from this just-concluded season. Um, Is it for you, the Kansas City Chiefs? Finally, after a 50-year lull, (laughs) I don't know if that's a proper word, but it was 50 years between Super Bowl championships for the Kansas City Chiefs, and congratulations again to the Hunt family and head coach Andy Reid and Patrick Mahomes and and the whole gang of characters out there in Kansas City. I had a really fun time watching uh, the tight end Kelsey at the uh, at the parade celebration. I would think that he had had a few cocktails in him. That's all I'm going to say. But I want to talk about that. The Chargers and Rams will be playing in real NFL stadiums next year. The Jaguars have signed up for consecutive weeks, two games, back-to-back. They have signed up for two games next year in London. And again, as I congratulate the Kansas City Chiefs, and especially head coach Andy Reid after all his years, First of all, obviously, on the collegiate level, probably going back to the high school level, then the collegiate level, then his first gig in the NFL as a quarterback coach for Brett Favre in Green Bay, 14 years in Philadelphia, seven years in Kansas City, and after 21 years as a head coach in the National Football League, Andy Reid finally gets that elusive Super Bowl ring. And I want to ask Chris, what is it with Reid and cheeseburgers? I didn't know. I did not know he had... No, It makes sense when you see Andy, but Andy looks about 50 pounds lighter to me than Philadelphia Andy versus Kansas City Andy. Oh, yeah. Uh, Maybe that's because he's 62 and his doctor said, okay, Andy, we need to lose a few pounds here. But I never knew that Andy Reid had such a fixation in regard to cheeseburgers.
1: Yeah, it's just always been his thing. And, yeah, he's definitely lost a lot of weight over the last few years. But, yeah, he said he was going to celebrate with a a cheeseburger for sure, which is you know, why they, well, even before the Super Bowl, why last week on Unscripted, we talked about how there was that bet, you know. Right, right. Bet 7,500 to win 100, if as long as he doesn't eat a cheeseburger by the end of the broadcast. So, So for those of you who bet 7,500 bucks, I hope you enjoy your 100 bucks you made.
0: (laughs) So, yeah, a lot of things uh, to talk about as we put kind of a wrap on this 100th, 101st, or even possibly 102nd NFL season. Again, depending on how good at math you are, and what date you're using. The Packers celebrated their 100th season a couple of years ago. So, I mean, it's just in flux. But let's talk about some of the things that will carry over. And remember, Jesus, I mean, the new the new year starts March 16th or something, so they aren't going to be out of business for long. Uh, the, new, the new calendar year, the new fiscal year for the NFL, I believe it's March 16th. Don't quote me on that. That's the first day that uh, free agents can start talking with uh prospective teams not the current one that they're affiliated with the if you're with a team and a free agent uh you can still talk to your current team you just can't talk and again let's not let's not kid anybody here folks come on um tell me when Tom Brady shows up at UFC 246 a couple of weeks ago in Las Vegas. And surprise, surprise, Mark Davis, the idiot who now owns the Oakland Raiders and they had a chance to meet. Don't tell me that the ugliest man now in sports who took overtook Scotty Pippen in Mark Davis didn't have a, <laughs> didn't have a conversation with Tom Brady when he had Tom's full attention at UFC 246 at T-Mobile arena in Las Vegas. Tell me, that Mark, Ra- Mark Davis can't spell tampering. So I'm assuming Mark Davis took an opportunity to at least, you know, lay the foundation of having a conversation with Tom Brady about becoming the first quarterback of the Las Vegas Raiders. Don't tell me that those conversations don't happen, folks. They just aren't supposed to officially happen until March the 16th or whenever the hell it is. So what are some of the things that, you know... Uh, maybe the most memorable things for you from this just completed season, or maybe there's some things that you're looking forward to implementing as we move forward in next year, the 101st, 102nd, or 103rd season of the NFL.
1: Well, for me, I feel like there's a real changing of the guard going on. And I feel like for so long you could count on betting on the Patriots at home or Tom Brady's going to be good Or for fantasy, it was the same guys, Aaron Rodgers and Ben Roethlisberger and Tom Brady and and Antonio Brown and all this. And all of a sudden, in a very short time, it's like there's been this changing the guard. All of a sudden now, whether it's who you're thinking is going to do well in real life or just who you're drafting in fantasy... Either way, now, all of a sudden, you're not talking about those guys much. You're talking about Patrick Mahomes and Lamar Jackson, and you're talking about the newer crop of guys. Right. absolutely. And, and there's a real change over there, and it's been very interesting. It's almost like it happened all at once. It's not like, oh, this guy fades out now. And this It's like it happened all at once because for so long, you had those guys – from, like, Roethlisberger and Rivers were both the 0-4 draft and Eli. And Eli, right. Right? Yep. And then, Very good. Yep. Right? And so then, you know, you had all these guys that kind of came out at once and, you know, for so long, and Antonio Brown, what's going on with him. And they all at the same time, they've phased out and this new crop is coming in and you've got the new class of Mahomes and Lamar Jackson and whoever else you think is supposed to be in there. But, you know, for now, I mean, even going into this past season – my big choice was, geez, if I if it comes down to me late in the first round of a fantasy draft, do I want Julio Jones or Michael Thomas? Now, in fairness, Julio Jones still had a really good season, still looks good, absolutely. But the difference is he's what 31, and and Michael Thomas is 24 or whatever. So now, what my biggest takeaway is to answer your question, this is where I'm going, is when it comes to expectations for betting or picking guys for fantasy. I'm really going to try and get away from the, oh, draft Antonio Brown every year, certainly. But even drafting these guys that are in their 30s and everything all the time or counting on certain quarterbacks, I want the younger guys. I want I want to pick guys that are more up-and-coming and not just rely on the old guys that are going to slow down and break down and everything like that. Even though guys seem to be playing later, uh, you know. Uh, and, and I guess the other story is besides sort of trying to move on to younger guys – uh, when it comes to drafting in fantasy football. The other thing is, I was finally happy to see that the the Patriots, and especially Tom Brady, are finally on the downswing. And it didn't get reported at all because of all the worship in the media for Tom Brady. But Tom Brady did not have a good season. No. Oh, no. Right? He no. didn't look very good. And I know his receivers were terrible. Right. I, I appreciate that. But, but uh, maybe one of the most underrated and under-the-radar things here, too, is Dante Scarnecchia just announced his retirement bingo there you go you know the magician of the O-line didn't matter who they put on the O-lines they're amazing every year and then I know this is you know the most annoying thing to our buddy Greg was that they always said oh Tom Brady's so cool in the pocket well I'm cool in the pocket if I have all day you know like like as if as if Tom Brady is this Randall Cunningham like scrambling quarterback like he looks like Steve Young back there fuck off, yeah. you know, and then he would take two steps forward, like, oh, he's so good at stepping up in the pocket, it's like, wow, you know, so I'm so glad that now Skarnecki is gone, assuming Brady even comes back there, or maybe Brady goes somewhere like the Chargers with a bad O-line, and without Belichick, you know, maybe he's been drinking his own bathwater long oh, I enough. I love
0: that, I haven't heard that in a while.
1: Maybe he's been doing that long enough that maybe he actually doesn't think he's going to be completely exposed if he's playing at 42 or 43 and he's playing without Belichick and without a great O-line he's going to look terrible there's no way I know people out there are just so high on him that at this point that even they think into his 40s he can just go to a new team which he's never done before and just single-handedly like he's you know putting LeBron on a team or something he can just single-handedly go in there and make them amazing wow I can't wait if this could happen. I still don't think it will. I still think he goes back to Patriots. So do I. But if he actually, you know, falls for Mark Davis or something, you know, Mark Davis takes time out of his daily haircuts to, you know, (laughs) give Brady a call. Maybe Brady goes for it. I don't think so. But if it happened wow, would I ever enjoy watching him just completely flame out and retire in disgrace and embarrassment.
0: Let's look at some of the quarterbacks that may or are... Now, technically, again, not jumping the gun, none of these guys are technically available till the first day of the new calendar year, fiscal year, excuse me, for the National Football League, which I believe this year is in and around the 16th of March. I don't have the schedule in front of me. I don't have a calendar in in front of me. So don't hold me no don't hold a gun to my head um but where do some of these guys play next year let's let's put these guys in in potentially different scenarios now both of us think that tom brady will be back in new england if he's back playing anywhere at all next year for his 21st season but let's put him somewhere else i think the ego of mark haircut davis is so big that he's going to try to get tom brady to Las Vegas and put some fannies in the seats, in in Las Vegas. I don't have. I I want to say this before I put a little caveat on there is that I have no inside information. Okay, but this is my best guess, and I want to see if what you say to some of these. Uh, I have Tom Brady potentially in Las Vegas. Philip Rivers, I believe, with the move to Florida full time. I believe he's going to be the quarterback of the Tampa Bay Buccaneers next year. Jameis Winston, I don't have a home for him yet. Fitzmagic, I want Fitzmagic in Green Bay to be the backup quarterback to Aaron Rodgers. Because at now 36 next year, Aaron Rodgers is not going to go injury-free again at this age. And we need a capable backup. And Tim Boyle ain't it. Uh, Marcus Mariota. I don't have a home for him yet either. Cam Newton, I believe, is going back to Carolina. Cam Newton came out a, week, a couple of weeks ago and said he had a great initial meeting with the new coach, Matt Rule, and the offensive coordinator, that Brady guy from LSU. He's rejuvenated and wants to play in Carolina again. Who knows? Drew Brees. Is it automatic that he goes back to New Orleans, or is it mo- probably more that he goes into retirement? He's given us a two-week window here. He said at the NFL Awards show last Saturday night that he's going to take the next couple of weeks and then make a decision as to what his playing status is going to be. His backup in New Orleans, Teddy Bridgewater, does he have a shot being a starting quarterback somewhere next year? When he started five games this year for the New England Patriots, excuse me, the New Orleans Saints in a backup role, he won all five games. Um, Let's, let's find a place. Where do you... Is there a place, or is this guy now a career backup? Let's start with Marcus Mariota. Does he get a chance again somewhere, or is he going to be on someone's roster next year as a backup? What do you think?
1: I think he'll go somewhere else, because clearly his time in Tennessee is over. Oh, for sure. Right, so I think the best place for him is to push someone there who needs a push, right? Uh, Sort of like what Tannehill did to him. And so the best place would be... see. The most interesting quarterback destination this year is the Chicago Bears. Correct. All right. So it's time to move, to move on from Trubisky. The fan base hates him. Correct. He's clearly failed. All you hear, and, he, and he's not even getting compared to just the league average quarterback. He's getting compared to Patrick Mahomes and Deshaun Watson because not anything he <laughs> did wrong. Nope. But because Ryan Pace, Isn't the shitty idiot. general manager I've been <laughs> criticizing for many, many years, ever since we started the show, I've been saying Ryan Pace is an idiot. Right? How's that Mike Glennon three-year contract working out? You idiot. Anyway, so if you don't move on, you at least want to get a really strong back. You want to get a Fitzpatrick or a or a Mariota or someone who really pushes him if you want some last-ditch effort. But the thing, I think, to do if you're the Chicago Bears is to get Teddy Bridgewater.
0: Oh, okay. Absolutely. I like that.
1: Right? You get an old NFC North quarterback who I like was, was the future there. He can do it all. He can scramble. He can manage the game. Went undefeated 5-0 and with the Saints this year. And he seems to be back. He seems to be recovered from his unfortunate, catastrophic knee injury. And that's what you want there for sure. You, you take Teddy Bridgewater and you stick him on the Bears and you put Trubisky in the XFL. Honestly, that's the correct. Wow. Pr- that's what you do there if you're a decent general manager, which Ryan Pace is not, but you know, maybe he'll pull a Bergevin and you know, blind squirrel finds a nut type thing. And maybe he'll accidentally do, the, he'll probably have like some dumb justification where he does it for the wrong reason. It just happens to be the right move. But I think even Ryan Pace might know that getting Teddy Bridgewater is the correct thing for the Chicago bears.
0: You asked me a while ago, pack as a Packer fan, which fan base do we hate more Minnesota or Chicago? And I said, Minnesota. And the reason a lot of it, and I'm not joking. A lot of the reason is because Ryan Pace is the general manager of the Bears. He keeps screwing things up. It always helps the Green Bay Packers when the Chicago Bears fuck things up. And this guy... I mean, put Patrick Mahomes or Watson in the <sighs> NFC North for the Chicago Bears with that defense, and we've got a problem for a decade in Green Bay. Jeez. But with Trubisky, we're okay. Yeah, yeah. We've got Trubisky in our division, so... I sit here and laugh because it's the Bears, and I've earned that right. That's a birthright of mine, being born in the state of Wisconsin, that I can laugh at shitty stuff that Chicago does. But you think about it, and you, you trade it up, and we've said it a million times, but it's just still hilarious. They trade it up. John Lynch screwed them first, traded up to, to get to the number two spot in that draft that draft year, and sitting, you know, later on is uh, Watson and Mahomes, or Mahomes and Watson, doesn't matter. Both of them are better than kick the crap out of Trubisky. It just makes a Packer fan laugh. Now, here's another thing that was brought to my attention this week, and this was from a Pittsburgh Post-Gazette writer that asked the question, is Ben Roethlisberger done in Pittsburgh? He's coming off a pretty serious injury, especially to his throwing arm with the elbow problem. He's getting up there in age. He was part of the 2004 draft, which you which you had uh, talked about earlier in regard to Eli was one, Phillip Rivers was four, and at 11 came in Ben Roethlisberger in that draft. But maybe one of these quarterbacks that we talk about potentially could be an answer. Because even if Roethlisberger comes back, the Steelers need a better backup plan than Mason Rudolph or Duck... Duck, whatever the fuck his name was, Duck the fuck. Duck Hodges. Duck Hodges, yeah. You need a better security blanket than those two wet blankets. So uh, it'll be very interesting to see. Is Ben Roethlisberger done in Pittsburgh?
1: I don't think so. I think he's got a year or two left at Do least. Yeah? Okay. I, and I know that he did talk a few years ago about retiring already and. All of a sudden now, yeah. But, I mean, I think he's going to be... He wasn't mentally prepared to retire. He was prepared to play a whole season. And he got hurt in game two. Correct. Right? And in right. game one, they just shit the bed against the Patriots. So, he basically didn't get to play last year, really. Agreed. And yeah. so, I think he was going fi- to find that's unfinished. I think he's going to play for a year or two. But now is the time to really start the succession plan for the Pittsburgh Steelers. Right. And I'm not really sure who the best option is there. I I mean, the Pittsburgh Steelers, if there's one franchise in sports, they're all about stability. Correct. In the last 50 years, they're only on their third coach, which I is, I mean, for most franchises is incomprehensible, Correct. right? It's just, it's one of the most impressive things I've ever seen, but also stability with the quarterback. I mean, they had Bradshaw for a long time and they've got Roethlisberger for a long time. And I just think that they, as as much as I love... Teddy Bridgewater, I think they want to start fresh with a younger guy. I mean, they should definitely be using some high draft picks on some of the top quarterbacking prospects. That it, Their team is just, you know, they want that stud, long-term, stable answer. They want a really good long-term quarterback, I think. And, and I'm not sure who that is in the draft right, right. now, this right. year or next year. But I think they need to not only bring Roethlisberger back, try to get him to play for a year or two draft a guy really high either this year ideally or next year if you have to uh and then also maybe work on a decent backup and someone who could take over if nothing else works out so uh they've got to really focus on the quarterback position uh, with the steelers which is made easier by the fact that their defense has looked stellar getting drafting tj watt
0: oh don't even go there oh, oh, uh tra- that bothers me trading
1: for minka fitzpatrick yep. i mean just their defense looks their defense Took a team. They won what seven of eight for down yeah. the stretch there, yeah. and uh, they barely, barely missed the playoffs with no quarterbacking play all Correct. year, just because of their an defense. injured
0: running back. Connor didn't play a lot. Yeah,
1: and purely from their defense. Correct. And so the the fact is that's going to really help them. Uh, You know, their O line's decent. Uh, if they, if they have a decent running game, they're going to be just fine while they figure out what to do. Uh, with a a future quarterback. And if Ben's playing even average, they'll be a solid contender again, even while they're figuring this stuff out. But the Steelers really need to get serious about their succession
0: plan to Ben. Let me throw this by you. I think it's become crystal clear that Bruce Arians in Tampa Bay is not a fan of Jameis Winston. Um, The 30 touchdowns, but even more... Eye opening is the same amount of interceptions. He maybe even had more interceptions than TDs this year. I don't know. I know that both numbers were over or at or over thirty. I do know that. Yeah,
1: he yeah, exactly. And here's an interesting stat to tie it into Green Bay. Jameis Winston has more interceptions in five seasons than Aaron Rodgers has in fifteen. Right.
0: Well, different mentality, different IQ level, different offensive philosophies. A lot of things play into that. And and I also think, though, in fairness to um, Aaron Rodgers sometimes, well, not in fairness, but in truth about Aaron Rodgers, and I've said this, is that I believe sometimes that Rodgers is so stats-driven that he throws the ball out of play to avoid interceptions sometimes. I think – and that's fine, but again um, – There's got to be some team out there that sees some long-term potential in a Jameis Winston. I mean, he was the number one pick overall in his draft year, obviously. Not surprising anybody with that. But I think there's got to be somebody out there of the 32 or 31 other NFL teams willing to bring this guy on um, and use a year or two in a backup role let him get totally immersed in a system. And, you know, cause the guy does have some athletic ability. I don't think there's any question about that. I think his biggest problem is between his ears personally. Um, I just wonder if there's a team out there that is willing to think bigger picture and bite the bullet on a year at the minimum, maybe two, bring him in as the backup, let him get healthy in his mind, let him get healthy physically I think that there's, there's potential there for Jameis Winston in a special kind of scenario in a special kind of like backing up, uh, Russell Wilson in Seattle for a couple of years. I think if you wanted to imitate somebody's game, especially with a body type and an arm like a Jameis Winston, a perfect example would be one Russell Wilson. Um, Is there a place for Jameis Winston in this league?
1: Well, there is because he did lead the league in yardage, which I I, I mean, right there, you throw for 5,000 yards and a lot of touchdowns. Okay, I mean, there's something to work with there. His only downside is the interceptions, really. And And the fumbles. Yeah, well, yeah, turnovers, let's say. And so there's definitely a place. Here's a couple of interesting theories for you that I've had. Please. Yeah, I mean, I don't know if these have any basis in reality, but I thought they were interesting. So number one, what if he goes to the Tennessee Titans, who, you know, could have ended up with him if the right. Bucks would have taken Mariota. Sure, sure. Right. And so now Mariota's gone. Tannehill is unrestricted, so we don't know what's going to happen Correct. there. So what if he goes there and you've got this team that's known for having a really boring, safe offense? So you have the threat of the strong running game with Derrick Henry. And a lot of games, you can minimize the interceptions and the turnover by just having him hand off all day. And if that's working, then great. And if you have to stretch the field with the odd pass great it's going to be it's really tough to defend the deep ball and the running game at the same time when you're when you have no idea what's coming and both are lethal agreed very very difficult so i think that's a great spot for Jameis winston and i mean even if he does get too many interceptions on long bombs uh then the defense i think can can uh you know they've got a good defense for stopping them coming the other way and i think it would actually if you could make the risk reward work somewhere tennessee would be pretty likely here's the other one too What if there was a team, and you know this team very well, what if there was a team that's used to having a gunslinging quarterback, but all of a sudden when they have a big superstar, their guys get sick of losing and retire out of nowhere? Is there anyone in the NFC North that sounds like? Maybe guys turn 30 as an arbitrary age. They suddenly don't want to play anymore. They're sick of this team. They're called the Detroit Lions. Shout out to our buddy Sean Nichols. And I knew you were going there. Barry Sanders, Megatron. What if this year, Matthew Stafford, sick of losing, hurt, bad yeah. back now? What if he suddenly pulls? Well, what really most people would say is pulls an Andrew Luck, right. but what if he pulls, you know, Detroit Barry Sanders? Lions. Yeah, Barry Sanders and Megatron, the Detroit Lions. And retires and they need a gunslinging quarterback because that's what their offense is built for. Wow. You get Jameis Winston in that situation. And I think that would be an interesting fit for him if that happened. What I, do you think?
0: Man, I, I I can't I can't argue any point that you made there. Um, I think there's a there's a there's a niche in the National Football League for Jameis Winston. I hope for him that he finds it. Um, but yeah, that Detroit scenario doesn't sound too bad for me. And I I you know what? Um, the Stafford family has been through a lot the last couple of years. Oh, yeah. The wife had a, a cancer illness and a cancer scare. Uh, Matthew has had, you know, you get beat up behind a shitty offensive line for 10 years, you're going to have injuries too. Um, you're not going to be the same. Um, I never looked at it like that, but man, you got me thinking. Just in that last 30 seconds, I mean, that's a great scenario right there. Wow. Um, yeah. Hey. Does anybody really want to be the... I mean, I don't think Bobby Lane would want to come back and be the the quarterback in Detroit right now, though. I mean, it's... I, I don't know. There just is no weapons in Detroit. And, you know, again, here was Detroit five weeks in the season last year, and they had a right to bitch that they should have been 5-0. and o, And they end up 6-whatever and 6-9-1. and one. I mean, God almighty. Here's one that really is scratching my head as we welcome you again and say hi on this 458th episode of Unscripted, Mike and Chris with you. Um, This was incredulous to me, and I even spelled incredulous right. I learned during the week that the Cowboys were close to a $33 million per season deal with that rocket scientist from Mississippi State University, Dak Prescott. And then Prescott has the balls the size of the great state of Texas to ask for more. There's a simple question to be asked here and Chris is going to answer it right now what has this bitch done to warrant a thirty three million dollar a year contract so <laughs> well,
1: basically nothing but this might surprise you he was right to do this and I'll tell you why
0: no 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 I, 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 I'm um, I'm interested to hear it please 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 educate and enlighten me because I think. This is everything that's wrong with today's prima donna asshole athletes is when somebody in, you know, the economies in North America are not at their strongest right now. Let's just say that with all due reverence to our governments. And yet here's a guy that's being offered $33 million to play football. And he says, no, I know there's a good sound reason behind this, but for an old fuck like me to hear this, it bothers the shit out of me.
1: Well, it bothers me too, really. And he doesn't deserve even 33. Never mind, more than that. Absolutely not. Of course not. But here's there's one simple reason, and I'm sure you'll agree with the reason. Yeah. There's one really good reason why he was absolutely correct to turn that down. And that is because Jerry Jones is an idiot. And because he's not just an idiot. But he's predictable. And I feel almost bad about this because what he's what uh, Dak Prescott is doing here is using Jerry's one good quality against him, which is almost kind of sad. But Jerry's one good quality is he really feels loyalty to people. Yeah. Jason Garrett, Tony Romo. He really you know, gets to like you on a personal level. Maybe it's those sleepovers, whatever it is, you know, <laughs> but he really gets to like people on a good level. And he really tries hard to be loyalty. And and he just, you know, he couldn't, he couldn't get rid of Garrett. I mean, he tried to fire him Maca- and he couldn't make himself do it. And then he kind of did. And then Garrett was lobbying his job back and there's all this discussion and Jerry Jones, that's his weakness. And I, I feel bad that that's his weakness is a, such a good quality as loyalty, but it's absolutely correct. Jerry Jones is so loyal to guys. And he, and even beyond the loyalty, he gets, He, it's what we call he gets married to guys. Right. He just, yeah. it's like nobody else. I mean, you, you get so blind, you could be offered somebody, you'd be offered Aaron Rodgers for Prescott and a pick. And you'd be like, no, like Dak's our guy. And, yeah. you know, and it's Great just, point. you know, point. and he gets married to them. And so everybody knows that Jerry does not, number one, Jerry, everyone knows that Jerry does not want to get rid of Dak, and he just loves Dak. Number two, we just saw this with Zeke, and we saw what Zeke did, and we saw that the, that the Dallas Cowboys can be pushed around in negotiations, and you can use your leverage by just not showing up, and we can see that that works. It's not like other guys who have taken a strong line and said, okay, fuck you, you can sit all season then, I don't care, and they will take a hard line on you, right? I mean, you look at, you know, someone great like, you know, Tom Telesco in the Chargers, okay, Melvin Gordon, yeah, sit on, give no, a shit. Can, yeah. yeah, I don't care. Get
0: comfy. Yeah. You
1: think guys are going to try that on him now? No, because yeah. they know it's, they're, all they're going to do is cost themselves paychecks. Right. Right? So that's why when you have a poorly run team, when you have an owner who should not be the GM, shouldn't really be the owner, but if he is, he has to shut the fuck up and let the GM be the GM, as long as it's someone independent, don't make your son the GM or something, you have to absolutely have someone independent who has full autonomy and because of the Dallas Cowboys and Jerry Jones and everyone knows both their weaknesses, Dak Prescott is absolutely right to say no to the money and he's going to get more money
0: Oh, I you're, you know what, god damn it when you're right, you are right and you are right 99% of the time um, but you can see where I'm coming from in Ooh. regard to I totally agree with no, you on it. It's sure. just it's just incredulous oh, yeah, it's to disgusting. me. It's, it's re- disgusting. It's incredulous to me that a guy can turn down thirty three million dollars a year to play football. Yeah. Um Wow. But you're I get it. You're you're absolutely right. Negotiation. And that's the balance yeah. we need on this program because I'd go off the deep end and you're here to, to pull me back in from the deep end and, and God bless you for that. But <laughs> Jesus Christ. It just it, when I saw that this week I didn't put the, the the parallels together. I didn't put the reality of it together. And I just saw another prima donna this whole prick that oh god.
1: Um god, if I was a player agent though, man would I love to negotiate with the Cowboys. Oh, be, I would want all my I would want all my guys to play for the Cowboys and I would just be a thorn in Jones' side well, and it know, would be so much fun.
0: The baseball the baseball, Scott, baseball agent Scott Boris, generally, universally hated. He should take on some NFL, especially Cowboys players, oh, man. as clients because if you think he made money off his, and he did, <laughs> I mean, look at the, the, just this year alone, the money that Scott Boris made on Garrett Cole's signing, on Steven Strasberg's signing, and Anthony Rendon signing. Rendon signs with the Anaheim, or excuse me, the Los Angeles Angels. Strathburg, the pitcher, re-signs with the Washington Nationals. And, of course, Garrett Cole signs for $345 million with the New York Yankees. You know what, Steve, or Steve, why do we keep calling him Steve? Scott Boris's take from those three contracts, his percentage, $45 million for the agent.
1: My wow, God.
0: Why didn't we become sports agents? Yeah, seriously. Jesus Christ. Seriously.
1: Um, but a couple of those other quarterbacks Sorry, before we get out of here. Yeah. I liked uh, what you said about Rivers. I agree. That's a great fit for him in Tampa Bay. But really, any of those places in that area, I could see Rivers playing for the Dolphins. I could see him on the Jags. I could see him on the Panthers. I
0: think Fitzmagic is going back to the Dolphins. I think that they're... I love him in Green Bay. That's a great fit. Well, I, I've, I've said that for two years, remember. Yeah, I, I, I think yeah. he would be a great guy. Uh, a great clubhouse guy, locker room guy, whatever you want to call it. But he is a guy that has proven to be able to come in with how many different teams in the NFL and, and produce. He doesn't put up magnificent numbers, but he doesn't cost you games. And for a guy with what he had to work with in Miami last year, and we talked about this last week, his record over the last nine games was five and four with that bunch of pieces of crap. That's an amazing job. And, um, I like Fitzmagic in in Green Bay. Um, Hopefully, Gutekunst has got to do a couple things this year. He's got to get a better middle linebacker. He's got to get some reinforcements on his offensive line. And God forbid, if he doesn't get at least two wide receivers, he's as bad as Ted Thompson. Let's move on. Um, Real quick in the NFL, uh, just to wrap it up here on this 458th episode of our little program business side of the NFL a real sticking point in negotiations between the owners and the NFLPA is the proposed 17 game regular season schedule being proposed by the owners now they have set a soft deadline to get a new deal done and they've put that deadline as the end at the end of 2020 the pr- the uh, collective bargaining agreement between the players and the owners expires at the end of the 2021 season but they're trying to be proactive and really, they have agreed on a lot of different topics. The one that they have just really hunkered down on and haven't been able to have, get any kind of traction on is a proposed 17-game regular season, and it's the NFLPA, the Players Association. D. Wayne Smith, or whatever the hell his name, is really pushing hard. His association does not want to have anything to do with a 17th game. Any thoughts?
1: I don't like the 17th game. It's just not necessary. I think the season is such a perfect length right now, honestly. You know, my wife asked me the other day if I miss football, and, and she kind of does that every year. And, I mean, I think she does a bit too, even, and because she, she's so into it. She won one of her fantasy leagues this year. And, and you know... when I go,
0: Martina! Yeah. And
1: when I'm in uh, one of my... Or when I'm, when I'm in the zone with football, like, really for the second half of every year, it's just all I think about football. Like, in the summer from... You know, mid-July or the August, I'm I'm just thinking about fantasy drafts and getting ready for my betting. And then just all throughout the regular season till the end of the year, it's all I'm thinking about is football. And you know what? I like the whole, you know, six to eight month rest period. I, I focus more on poker or on whatever else I'm doing and just do some other things. And, then, you know, we get into a couple of vacations Uh, And I just focus on all that stuff and just doing some of my other interests for a while and just, you know, sort of decompressing and detoxing. And then, you know, as soon as mid-summer hits, it's like, okay, let's start figuring out fantasy drafts, which are about my favorite thing in the world, which will get you into this year. You're going to be, hey, look, you're going to have one of the top draft picks. Because what we're going to do is, instead of the normal snake draft, where if you're picking first, you don't pick again until 20th, mm. we have a keeper league, so we're going to have a linear draft. So the peop- anyone new to the league this year will be in a mini lottery for the top pick, like you'll... If, if there's two new people in the league this year, you're guaranteed a top two pick, and it'll be every round. So And there's some really good guys available, because we had a computer team that got some really good guys, like Michael Thomas and Delvin Cook, for example, who are going to be in the draft, which you wouldn't expect in a keeper league. But anyway, it's my favorite thing in the world, I think, compare, uh, preparing for fantasy drafts, and I'm excited for that. But the point is, 16-game regular season is just perfect. I like to think that the NFL came up with this as just a random piece of leverage. You come up with some random concept out of nowhere, and then you just use it to get what you want on the other parts of the deal. And then you just say, okay, well, if we get all if we get all this stuff, then we won't push the 17-game season. And you just use it as you just invent magical leverage out of thin air. And I think that's probably what this is, but you never know with the NFL.
0: Before we get out of here on this 458th episode, um, we have... St- dedicated this whole episode, excuse me, to um, the NFL as kind of a wrap up, but I do have one collegiate note before we get out of here. This week, on Tuesday, a guy that I had a great amount of respect for uh, in the college game, Mark D'Antoni, and Mark D'Antonio, excuse me, head football coach at Michigan State for the last 13 years. He's won a number of Big Ten championships in East Lansing really, um, over his duration of his time in East Lansing, really overtook, in my opinion, really overtook the Michigan program. Made Michigan State, uh, uh, put them on the map, let's say. Michigan State in football had really not been, in my opinion, and I'm from the Midwest, had not really been prevalent since Duffy Doherty was the coach of the great Michigan State teams of the 60s. Michigan State playing with playing Notre Dame to a 10-10 tie in a 66 game. And still to this day, 50 years later, still people are talking about the 10-10 sister-kissing tie between Michigan State and Notre Dame when Duffy Doherty was the coach at Michigan State. Well, Mark D'Antonio had been there 13 years, and then all of a sudden on Tuesday, one day before National Signing Day, Mark D'Antonio puts the Michigan State administration in a real bind when he resigns his position as head football coach at Michigan State. And I know that there have been some inquiries made by the National Communists against athletes in regard to the NCAA, excuse me, in regard to the Michigan State athletic program. A lot of it, of course, because of Larry Nassar. He was there as the gymnastics doctor before he went real world, you know, real world on all of us in regard to his, what he did to all those gymnasts when he was the team doctor for the U.S. women's gymnastics team. But Mark D'Antonio has had some problems with some of his own recruits, and a lot of them have to do with sexual assaults. And I think the hammer was starting to come down, and maybe D'Antonio felt it was coming down on him. But you can't put a program in a worse position than firing one or quitting one day before national signing day if he was going to do this why the hell didn't he do this at the end of the season and then michigan state could have gotten a, a decent replacement and ultimately they would have had a full recruiting cycle to recruit and bring some talent to east lansing well now what the hell are you going to do you don't even have a coach right now and national signing day was wednesday I'm very disappointed in Coach D'Antonio. I thought he was a classier act than that. And obviously, there's a lot of things uh, that we don't know about happening on the inside of the inner circle in East Lansing, Michigan. But all I'm saying from an outsider's position, outsider's perspective, that Mark D'Antonio couldn't have quit at a worse time as the head football coach at Michigan State. And I'm very disappointed in a guy that I had a great amount of respect for
1: wow yeah I you know I don't know a lot about that guy I get him mixed up with Mike D'Antoni because they have such similar, oh, sure. names, yeah. such similar names there but yeah I, I'll completely defer to you on that uh, for sure but the uh, last thing I quickly wanted to say was I want to say congratulations to a couple of different Canadian women's teams the Canadian women's soccer team uh, the other day uh, qualified for Tokyo for the Olympics uh, is that hockey in soccer. Soccer. Yeah, uh, by beating Costa Rica 1-0. And now, just now, this is breaking news here, uh, the Canadian women's basketball team has qualified for the Olympics with an 80-50 to 50 win over Sweden. So well, congratulations, congratulations to them, too.
0: Oh, and one other news and note, Cassie Campbell has just been made the next general manager of the Calgary Flames. Oh, they're upgrading. Yeah. <laughs> I love it. I can't stand Pizza Boy, and I can't stand her as a broadcaster. I think she's got great knowledge. I don't. I give her total props. Hey,
1: maybe she if she was a GM and he was a broadcaster, they'd be better. Maybe, maybe they should trade. I don't know.
0: But I cannot... You know, when I listen to her, when it's on in my house and I have to listen, it sounds like that proverbial nails on a chalkboard when she's speaking on air. And I know she's got great talent. I've said this a million times. I'm not going to keep saying it. But I cannot... I cannot listen to her. I'm sorry. And I don't find myself as a big as pig and as sexist as a lot of you folks out there think I am. But I I just, I don't know. I just, I just had to say that. Um, we've got to run before I get in more trouble. Um here on episode number 458 of Unscripted. It's funny, I live with three women and they think this, they, they say the same thing about Cassie Campbell. In fact, my wife, diehard Flames fan, turned the volume down the other day when Cassie Campbell Pesquel or whatever the <laughs> fuck her name was, was on the broadcast. She turned it down and turned the radio up. We've got to run on this 458th Uh, episode of Unscripted. As always, we thank you for joining us and hope that you continue to do so. Free Forum Friday is next as we put a wrap on this week's shows, and uh, I always look forward to Free Forum Friday. We should have some interesting things to talk about for sure. Having said that, for the executive producer of Unscripted, Mr. Chris Fluke, I'm Mike Jansen. Until next time.